you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In our last episode, we spoke about the Battle of Coral Sea the rising sun and the Pacific chessboard, storm clouds over the Coral Sea, and clash of the titans. I am your host Steve Matthews. Join us as we expand on our story and talk about the price of victory, a shift in the tide of war, and echoes of the Coral Sea. Chapter 4 The Price of Victory As the last echoes of battle receded over the Coral Sea, a sense of relief mixed with sorrow enveloped the American fleet. The Yorktown, though damaged, had managed a narrow escape. Fires raged within her, but her crew, resilient and unyielding, fought against the flames, ultimately saving their ship from the fate that had befallen the Lexington. The man overseeing this arduous effort was Captain Elliot Buckmaster. Known for his stoic demeanor and formidable leadership, Buckmaster guided his men through the crisis, their determination reflecting his indomitable spirit. The fight to save the Yorktown was a testament to their bravery, their resolve echoing the greater struggle of the Allies in the Pacific. Meanwhile, on the Australian cruiser HMAS Australia, Commodore John Crace, who had led the Allied naval force in the Jomard Passage, felt a sense of hard-earned respite. His force had faced off against Japanese surface ships, providing a crucial diversion that kept them from supporting their carriers. Crace's tactics had helped ensure that the Japanese were unable to launch a comprehensive assault on Port Moresby by sea. Across the Pacific, as news of the battle reached the American mainland, the mood was one of subdued celebration. Newspapers hailed the battle as a victory, presenting the damage inflicted on the Japanese carriers and the halt to their advance as signs of a shift in momentum. Though the loss of the Lexington and the damage to the Yorktown were significant blows, they were also powerful symbols of resistance and resilience, fueling hope for a war-weary public. On the seas, amongst the men who had faced the heat of battle, there was no talk of victory or defeat. For them, it had been a test of survival, a trial of courage and determination. As the sun set on the Coral Sea, they had survived their narrow escape. Each one carried with them the memory of the battle, the loss of their comrades, and the hope that their sacrifice would pave the way to the eventual defeat of the enemy. In the wake of the tumultuous battle, assessing the damage was a grim necessity. For both sides, the Coral Sea had exacted a heavy toll. On the American side, the loss of the USS Lexington was a devastating blow. Over 200 sailors had lost their lives a stark reminder of the human cost of war. The damage to the USS Yorktown, though less catastrophic, was significant. The ship had sustained multiple bomb hits, leaving her flight deck scarred and machinery damaged. 
The efforts to salvage her had been a success, but the battle scars remained. On board the Yorktown, mechanics and engineers worked tirelessly to restore the carrier to full functionality. Leading this effort was Commander Dixie Kiefer, the executive officer. A man of boundless energy and unwavering dedication, Kiefer coordinated the repair work, ensuring that despite her injuries, the Yorktown would live to fight another day. In contrast, the Japanese Imperial Navy had to contend with the damage sustained by two of its finest carriers, the Shokaku and Zuikaku. Shokaku bore the brunt of the battle, her deck perforated by multiple bomb hits. Zuikaku, while spared the direct assault, lost a significant number of aircraft and pilots, hampering her operational capabilities. Back in Japan, Admiral Isoroki Yamamoto, the mastermind behind the Pearl Harbor attack, received the news of the Coral Sea battle with a heavy heart. The invincibility of the Japanese Navy was no longer a certainty. The Allied forces had demonstrated their resolve to fight, and the road to victory would be harder than he had imagined. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea had inflicted significant damage on both sides, not just in terms of the ships lost and damaged, but also in the number of skilled aviators killed. It had been a brutal reality check, a wake-up call to the destructive potential of carrier-based warfare. But, amidst the wreckage and ruin, the seeds of hope and resilience had been sown. The Coral Sea had proven to be not just a site of conflict but also a crucible of courage and determination. The Battle of the Coral Sea was over, yet the dust it raised was far from settled. Both sides claimed victory, but it was clear to all involved that the triumph was neither decisive nor without cost, it was a Pyrrhic victory. For the Japanese, their primary objective of capturing Port Moresby had been thwarted. The Shokaku and Zuikaku, two of their frontline carriers, were now out of commission. The Imperial Japanese Navy had also lost a significant number of their skilled pilots, a loss that would later prove critical as the Pacific War progressed. Despite the setback, Admiral Takagi and his staff remained stoic, holding on to the tactical gains they had achieved. They had sunk a major American carrier and severely damaged another, tilting the balance of naval power, albeit temporarily, in their favor. On the other side, the Americans had their share of losses. The sinking of the Lexington was a heavy blow, both strategically and to the morale of the U.S. Navy. The Yorktown had been badly damaged, and her future seemed uncertain. However, in the grand scheme of things, the U.S. had managed to halt the southward advance of the Japanese, a significant strategic victory. Admiral Chester Nimitz, ever the strategist, saw the bigger picture. While the damage to the American fleet was severe, it had prevented the Japanese from establishing bases in the Coral Sea, thus protecting the sea lanes between the U.S. and Australia. This outcome would prove crucial in the long-term strategy of the Pacific War. The Battle of the Coral Sea was a testament to the human spirit, a lesson in resilience and determination. It was a conflict where neither side could claim an outright victory, a battle that had tested the mettle of all those who took part in it. As the smoke cleared and the casualties were counted, it was evident that the battle, while significant, was merely a prelude to the larger conflict that loomed on the horizon. The Pacific War was far from over. 
Chapter 5 A Shift in the Tide of War As the immediate aftermath of the Coral Sea battle dissipated, it was the strategic impact that began to take center stage. The battle had shifted the dynamics of the Pacific War in significant ways, laying the foundation for the epic conflicts yet to come. For the Japanese, the setback at the Coral Sea halted their southward expansion. The intended capture of Port Moresby, a strategic point that would have placed northern Australia within range of Japanese air attacks, was thwarted. Admiral Yamamoto's initial strategy of establishing a southeastern Pacific perimeter was now incomplete. Furthermore, the damage inflicted on the Shokaku and Zuikaku had unexpected repercussions. These frontline carriers were now unavailable for Yamamoto's next strategic move, the assault on Midway Island. This would be a pivotal point in the Pacific War, and the absence of these carriers due to the Coral Sea encounter was a significant handicap. On the American side, despite the loss of the Lexington and the damage to the Yorktown, the strategic outcome was more positive. The U.S. and Australian forces had prevented a serious threat to the sea lanes between the United States and Australia, keeping vital supply and communication lines open. Admiral Nimitz, assessing the outcome of the Coral Sea battle, recognized this strategic advantage. Not only had they stopped the Japanese advance, but the intelligence gained and lessons learned from the encounter significantly contributed to the preparations for the impending clash at Midway. Moreover, the Coral Sea battle had a lasting impact on naval warfare. It was the first in history where aircraft carriers engaged each other, emphasizing the dominance of air power over big-gun battleships. This transformation, a strategic shift in the conduct of naval warfare, heralded the dawn of a new era. In essence, the strategic impact of the Coral Sea battle was far-reaching. It was a critical juncture in the Pacific War, a turning point that shaped the strategies, tactics, and outcomes of the titanic struggles that were yet to unfold. In the Pacific War, the Battle of the Coral Sea was a significant milestone, but it was also a prelude to a much larger clash, the Battle of Midway. This battle would prove to be the turning point of the entire war. In the aftermath of the Coral Sea, Admiral Yamamoto continued with his strategic plan, setting his sights on the tiny atoll of Midway. He believed that capturing Midway would draw out the remaining American carriers, providing an opportunity to destroy them and shift the balance of naval power in Japan's favor. Back in Japan, the crew of the Zuikaku were working feverishly to replenish their depleted air group. The damage inflicted on Shokaku was more severe, ruling her out of the upcoming battle. This was a critical moment, as these two carriers, rendered non-operational due to the Coral Sea encounter, were sorely missed in the forthcoming showdown. On the American side, intelligence was once again at the forefront. The same crypt analysts, who had foreseen the Coral Sea operation, were picking up signals of a large-scale operation aimed at Midway. Commanders like Nimitz and his staff now faced the daunting task of preparing for another major battle, this time with the prospect of a direct assault on Midway Island. Despite the damage sustained in the Coral Sea, the USS Yorktown was patched up and made ready for the battle ahead. The man in charge of this rapid repair operation was Captain Buckmaster, whose tireless efforts ensured that Yorktown, against all odds, 
rejoin the fleet in record time. The Coral Sea battle had served as a vital lesson for the American forces. It exposed the strategic importance of carriers and showcased the potency of air power in naval battles. As a result, strategies were adjusted, tactics were refined, and the stage was set for what would become one of the most decisive battles of the Pacific War. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea was a prelude to Midway, a critical step in a much larger strategic dance. It was the first act in a drama that would see the tide of war in the Pacific begin to turn. The Battle of the Coral Sea had marked the beginning of a new era in naval warfare, heralding a transformation in tactics and strategies that would reshape the landscape of World War II. This new kind of war was characterized by the ascendancy of aircraft carriers. No longer were battleships the queens of the sea, instead, carriers and their air wings had become the decisive factors in naval engagements. The Coral Sea had provided a dramatic demonstration of this shift. In Japan, Admiral Yamamoto, a traditional battleship admiral, found himself having to rethink his strategies. He understood that the days of the battleship were waning, and the future of naval warfare was in the skies. Despite the setbacks at the Coral Sea, he was determined to press on, harnessing the remaining strength of his carrier force for the forthcoming battles. In contrast, Admiral Nimitz and his staff in the Pacific had recognized the potential of carrier warfare early on. Inspired by pioneers like Admiral William Moffat, known as the father of naval aviation, Nimitz had championed the strategic use of carriers. The Coral Sea had vindicated his vision. The battle also highlighted the crucial role of intelligence in this new kind of war. Codebreakers like Joe Rockefort and his team at Station Hypo were unsung heroes, providing invaluable insights into Japanese plans. Their work would continue to play a crucial role in the battles to come. Moreover, the Battle of the Coral Sea underlined the importance of the pilots' skill, bravery, and experience. Airmen like John Lundstrom, who had bravely flown against the formidable Japanese carriers, were the linchpin of this new warfare. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea heralded a new kind of war, a conflict that would be defined by carriers, aircraft, intelligence, and the courage of the airmen who took to the skies. It marked the beginning of a paradigm shift in naval warfare, the reverberations of which would be felt long after the echoes of the battle had faded away. Chapter 6 Echoes of the Coral Sea The echoes of the Battle of the Coral Sea had long since faded into the annals of history, yet the valor of its heroes lived on. Their sacrifices, courage, and unwavering dedication would forever be remembered and cherished. Among these heroes was Captain Frederick C. Sherman of the USS Lexington. Known for his cool-headed leadership during the battle, he had calmly ordered the Lexington's evacuation when he realized the carrier was beyond saving, ensuring the survival of a majority of his crew. His words, all hands abandoned ship, spoken in the midst of chaos, still resonated in the hearts of many, a symbol of unwavering courage in the face of overwhelming adversity. The heroics of Japanese pilot Katsutoshi Nakai was another shining example. Nakai had led his squadron in a daring strike against the Lexington, an act that demonstrated the courage and determination of the Japanese airmen. Despite the eventual loss of the war, 
men like Nakai exemplified the bravery of the Japanese fighting spirit. The valor of the American airmen was equally memorable. Pilots like John James Powers and Swedevich Tassa became legends for their fearless attacks on the Japanese carriers. Powers, in his Douglas SBD Dauntless, made a fatal dive-bombing attack on the Shokaku, earning him a posthumous Medal of Honor. Vegtasa, in his Wildcat, successfully shot down three Japanese aircraft in a single engagement, becoming a celebrated ace overnight. Behind the scenes, the codebreakers of Station Hypo were heroes in their own right. Their work, often underappreciated and unnoticed, had played a crucial role in the Allied successes. Joe Rockefeller, for instance, led a team of tireless crypt analysts whose invaluable intelligence helped shape the strategy of the battle. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea was not just about the clash of mighty ships or the strategies of high-ranking admirals. It was a story of individuals, of captains, pilots, crypt analysts, who, through their courage, sacrifice, and dedication, became the real heroes of the battle. Their legacy would continue to inspire and resonate for generations to come. Over the years, the Battle of the Coral Sea has etched its indelible mark on popular culture, becoming the subject of numerous films, books, and songs that have tried to capture the tension, heroism, and sacrifice of those fateful days. In cinema, the 1958 film The Silent Enemy, an epic of the American Navy, directed by William A. Burke, depicted the events of the battle. The movie drew praise for its meticulous attention to historical accuracy and its focus on the intelligence-gathering efforts that led up to the battle. The 1976 film Midway also offered glimpses of the Coral Sea battle as a prelude to the main event, the Battle of Midway. Featuring an ensemble cast including Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, and James Coburn, the film portrayed the Coral Sea as a turning point, setting the stage for the decisive confrontation at Midway. In literature, The Barrier and the Javelin by H. P. Wilmot is an in-depth account of the battle and its context within the broader strategy of the Pacific War. The book effectively portrays the Codebreaker's role, highlighting the pivotal contributions of men like Joe Rockefeller. In music, the Coral Sea's legacy reverberates in songs like Sink the Bismarck by Johnny Horton, a popular 1960s country singer. Even though the song is about a different naval battle, it contains a line, the shells and bombs they kept on coming from the guns of the Coral Sea, indirectly paying homage to the significant battle. The battle has also been immortalized in various memorials. The Coral Sea Memorial in Canberra, Australia, stands as a testament to the cooperation between the United States and Australia during the battle. Each year, the Battle of the Coral Sea commemorative service takes place, paying homage to the heroes and their sacrifices. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea, with its rich tapestry of human courage, strategic gambits, and historic firsts, has found a lasting place in popular culture. Through these different mediums, the battle continues to be remembered and honored, its legacy echoing through the annals of history. The Battle of the Coral Sea left behind a lasting legacy that extended far beyond its immediate strategic and tactical impact. Its significance would reverberate throughout the remainder of World War II and beyond.
One of the most significant legacies of the battle was the validation of the aircraft carrier as the centerpiece of naval power. The Coral Sea had demonstrated the effectiveness of carrier-based warfare, establishing the carrier as the primary weapon in naval engagements. This new paradigm would shape the strategies and operations of navies around the world for decades to come. The battle also had a profound impact on the morale and psychology of the Allies. The successful defense of Port Moresby and the halt of the Japanese southward advance marked a critical shift in the Pacific War. The battle became a turning point that infused the Allied forces with renewed confidence and hope. The knowledge that the Japanese advance could be stopped instilled a sense of determination that would carry them through the ensuing battles. The Coral Sea also had long-lasting implications for intelligence operations. The codebreakers at Station Hypo, led by Joe Rockefeller, had played a pivotal role in deciphering Japanese communications and providing critical information. The battle highlighted the importance of intelligence in shaping military strategies and tactics, leading to further investment and advancements in code-breaking efforts. The battle's impact extended beyond the immediate theater of war. It influenced the strategic planning for the Battle of Midway, which would become a decisive turning point in the Pacific War. Lessons learned from the Coral Sea, such as the vulnerabilities of carriers and the significance of air superiority, would shape the Allied approach in subsequent engagements. Moreover, the Battle of the Coral Sea left a profound mark on the collective memory of nations. The valor and sacrifice of the men who fought in the battle became an enduring symbol of courage and resilience. Their stories, shared through books, films, and commemorations, ensured that the legacy of the Coral Sea would live on, inspiring future generations and honoring the heroes who fought in the Pacific theater. In essence, the Battle of the Coral Sea left a multifaceted legacy. It shaped the course of the war, revolutionized naval warfare, elevated the importance of intelligence, and became a touchstone for courage and sacrifice. Its impact would endure, forever etched in the annals of history as a testament to the human spirit and the triumph of allied forces in the face of adversity.